Hey, hey, it is Dina. I'm coming on here to let you know that when I made this recording, Mercury was drinking Gatorade and my microphone wasn't working and I had no idea. So I absolutely loved this interaction between myself and my coach, Miss Katie Boyd, and I feel that hopefully you can understand me enough that you will enjoy it too. Sorry about that. I am triple checking mics now. Have a great day. Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Cause, 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 no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Hello and welcome back, my friends, to Fragmenters. I appreciate all of you ladies so much who have joined in on the conversation, Fragmenters group on Facebook, as well as those of you that like, subscribe, and have left reviews on the podcast. Now, I would like to ask if you have someone that you would like to have on the show, or if you are someone that would like to be on the show, leave me a review, let me know, and I will contact you and we'll get it scheduled. So today, of course, I'm just, I love it. Everyone needs to hear your voice. Oh, well, I sound like I'm in a male dominated field because my voice is so deep that I could be a man, but this is just how I talk, (laughs) baby. So this is how we roll. So how did you get into coaching at pageants and then segue into the multi-million dollar business that you own now? Oh, I like the ring of that. Uh, so I actually started doing pageants myself. So pageants, like little girl pageants, like the, you know, the old school toddlers and tiara shit that you see like on television. So my mom got me into that was like a kind of a way for her to like escape like the mundane life that she was living and just bond with me before my sister came. So I started when I was about three years old in the pageant industry and I did pageants all the way up until I was about 24 years old. So I went from doing like the little kids pageants up to like the preteen pageants. And then I got myself involved in like the big, you know, mama pageants, which it was like Miss America and Miss USA. And I was really actually super successful in my pageant career. But I started to really notice as I got a little older that there were no female coaches in the pageant industry. So like we were talking before we started the podcast, they were just kind of shooting the shit. All the people that were in the pageant industry were either gay men who holla. I love my, I love my gay, my gay boys. And they were also like old kind of perverts. I hate to say it like that, but I'm just going to fucking say it. Cause you know me, I, t- I speak truth only. And I had worked with both my gay pageant coaches And then also like these trainers that, you know, would put me in a swimsuit and pull at my fat and tell me I was fat and, you know, critique my body and put me on these crazy workout plans and these crazy meal plans. And I even did growth hormone and like anabolic steroids to get on stage. And I was being like shot up by my male coaches. Can you freaking imagine? Like just to win a freaking plastic fucking crown that you can literally go to like I party and buy. 
you know, like it was really intense. So when I was about 24 years old and I got to the place where I felt that I could get to, I actually stepped away and I retired from pageantry. And then I just started like coaching and training. So I was coaching them like, you know, in walking and styling and an interview, but I was also doing the nutrition portion and the physical fitness portion as well. So I was really kind of like covering all the basis when it came to the pageant industry. And I was just doing that with my friends who were still in the pageant industry, just for like fun shits and giggles. And just to kind of keep my foot still in the industry that I love so much but also it kind of turned into this labor of love where I was like, I knew what I went through in the pageant industry with these like very hardcore coaches and trainers that didn't understand a woman's body, didn't understand a woman's insecurity, had never fucking walked on stage in a goddamn swimsuit before with thousands of people ripping to shreds every last inch down to the toes, down to the hairs on the head of the body. And what happened was, my people started just winning. And then I had girls winning Miss Universe and I had girls winning Miss America and I had girls winning, you know, all the big pageants. And I was like, holy shit, I think I really have something here. And I really, and I'm not going to just pat myself on the back, but you know, I love to blow smoke up my own ass because it's like how I roll. I really changed the pageant industry, in my opinion, for the good. So that's how I got started. And now I'm 41 years old. And I know that we're going to get to this sometime during our podcast timing here together. But I had a spiritual awakening when I was coaching and it changed the whole trajectory of my life to what is now Katie Boyd's Misfit Club slash ambitious. So yeah, so that's how I really got into the actual coaching industry. And um, I've been a coach since 1999. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. My all my pubic hairs just turned white. Yeah. Because I feel so fucking elderly just saying that. What whatever. YOLO. <laughs> that is so awesome. So did you just use your experience going through it and having done the dieting and done the workouts? Or do you have any formal education in it? So I do have formal education. I have actually a master's degree in exercise science and nutrition, and I have over 50 different certifications in everything from yoga, different nutrition specialties, because as we know, college or university only teaches you like the theory of shit where like certifications and like out of school education actually really teach you the hands on stuff. So after I received my master's degree, I said, I don't feel ready for this really. So that's when I went into the certifications, all the different certifications, but the real schooling that I really kind of still used to this day had nothing to do with a classroom or an online certification. It was really just me going through it myself, knowing what made me feel how and how it made me feel when people were like, you know, squeezing my fat, calling me fat. Like I would never, ever, ever, ever have treated any of my, now I was a tough ass bitch when I was coaching. Don't get me wrong. I was hard fucking core, still am, will die hardcore bitch. But I did it from a place of love where these coaches were doing it from a place of climbing that ladder in the pageant industry and making money. So yes, Anything we do, and you know, we talk about this all the time in our coaching, money is very important, but money is a reciprocative byproduct of the service and value 
and love that you give to the person on the other end of whatever you're giving. So every time that I coached my clients, I said to myself, how would I want to feel? How would I desire to feel in this moment? And that's how I came from everything. So yes, I do have formal education, but the, like I said, the real education happened definitely when I was in those one-on-ones with those girls, when I was flying all over the world, you know, with Miss USA and Miss America and doing all these crazy things. That's when my real like education, I think was kind of really catalyzed. Yeah, I'm, I understand the desire to have the accreditation, especially I spoke with, she was a master mechanic and she recommended women to get a degree in mechanics, yes, even yeah. though it's not necessary because when you're shattering those ceilings and there's not many women, everything you can do to get your foot in the door, you have to do. Oh, hopefully absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not as necessary. Think, I hope so. And I think that podcasts like this and the work that you and I do and the other women that we know in our community, they're the ones that are really pushing the envelope. So it's good for all oh, of us. Sure. So I know that you know this, but I don't know that everyone else knows how we found each other. So I have I, to get into Tell that. the story. <laughs> I, love, I love when people tell stories like this because it's just like shows how fucking powerful podcasting is how powerful your online presence is. You know, I think that a lot of people don't really give two fucks about that shit when it comes to their business, but it's like so freaking important because of like things, well, you're going to tell the story, but things like this. Well, not only that, but just to listen to the fucking universe. Hello. Yes. (laughs) Amen, amen, sister. So how I found Katie was a couple years ago, I had the wicked awesome idea for a podcast where I interviewed women in male-dominated fields. Hello, we're here today. But I, at the time, did not have confidence in myself, didn't have a, I had a voice, but I was that, you know, I was just so scared and timid to talk about anything. So I was like, you know what, it's still not happening. I've asked other friends they don't want to do it they don't have the passion I'm going to go for it so I start looking around for not looking around I started brainstorming for names and looking for intro songs etc etc and I thought of the most incredible unique name ever and it was ambitious (laughs) yes so I went and looked on Apple Podcasts for ambitious and lo and behold it was an incredible name, but not unique. Because there she was. Another fucking boy <laughs> was there like two years previously. <laughs> Happens, man. You know that there's another ambitious podcast. I think it's like out of Scandinavia or some shit. And I tried to like read what it was about, but it was in like a freaking, I don't know, Swedish or some shit. But I mean, you can literally steal anyone's name. I mean, mm-hmm. my name is trademarked, but as you know, because we talk a lot about business and stuff, there's so many different ways that you can be trademarking things. Like obviously ambitious is not trademarked in like alcohol, firearms, or tobacco, right? That's like one, right. one subset of trademarks. So a lot of people are like, oh, don't you get upset that other people use your words or sell shirts with your words? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Dude, it's free advertisement for me. What the fuck do I care for? <laughs> but I'm glad that you didn't go with ambitious and that you found me because we wouldn't be sitting here talking. And that's, that's how the universe works, ma'am. It is. It is because I, I read your bio. I'm like, she doesn't, it, she doesn't speak anything that I plan to do, but still I desire to have a unique voice. 
and if I have the same name as someone. And plus, I'm I'm not a fucking copycat. So and Fragmenters is such a great name, and it really describes what you're doing here. So you know, kudos to you for that. Well, universe just plugs it right in there. That's right. So yeah, that is how I found Miss Katie. I love that story. And then you reached out to me, right? And then you were like, yo, do you do like any kind of coaching? Like one-on-one? Is that what happened? Initially, I was like, you know, this isn't what my voice is, but I want to hear what she has to say. And I fucking binged like 50 episodes in a week. Oh my God. I love you. And then I went on to KatieMessie.com and got the bitch box. Oh, stop it. That's right. You did book club first. And then I did book club. Wow. Okay. I was an inch along kind of person. Some people, they go in, they're like, I love you. Here's all my money. And I was like, I got to try her on for size. One, she's pretty abrasive. And I need to know that I can handle this. I was not the same strong woman that I was back then. And you know what? You actually taught me a lot about that because I don't allow people just to dive in and give me all their money. I actually now have like really strict boundaries on how I allow people to work with me. And, you know, we can get into that a little bit later when we talk about ambitious, but like, I don't want people just to come to me and like pay me to do mentorship with them. And then I'm talking to them about their spiritual rituals daily and their boundaries and their relationships and all these things. And they're looking, looking at me like I'm fucking speaking like Mars, you know, Mm -hmm. I want people to start like you, like just dipping their toe in the water, because here's the deal too. And, you know, this is about business, right? Like I really truly feel like, yes, you want to love me and you want to be like, this is my coach. She's amazing. But I also want to fucking like working with you because if I'm giving you hours of my time every month and, you know, I'm sitting there twiddling myself the whole time. Cause I'm like this, I can't take this bitch. Like I probably, I'm not doing my job, right? right? So when people work with me now, it's more like, okay, first you go through A28P, then you go through Ambitious Academy. And then once you do a year of Ambitious Academy, then we can have a conversation about working together in like a very high pressure capacity of like a mentorship program, which is what we, what we did. Um, yeah. Because you know what, like my time is valuable and just yours is too, and everyone else out there. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you're not being authentic to who you truly are. And I didn't work this fucking hard in my life in a very difficult field (laughs) to just like be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll just work with you just because it's this money, you know, because I know how the universal laws work. And like, when you do shit for money, it fucks you in the ass with no lube every time, period going through that now it happens to girl it happens to the best and the worst of us like I've done so much shit for money in my past like so much stuff and it never turned out well and the person that was on the other end of that transaction like we probably had a big falling out or some kind of like abrasive kind of deterioration because neither one of us were probably there for the right reasons you know yeah for sure now you are my coach. You've helped me with all the things. I mean, therapy has helped me a lot too. Yes. But therapy is important. You handle spiritual business. But what I love is you're like all encompassing. You do spiritual coaching, business coaching, as well as 
nutrition and fitness if yes. that is what someone desires to work with you. So right. I've right. never seen another coach that not only offers it because a lot of people offer shit that they know nothing about. Literally but, know nothing. <laughs> right. But Zero. also Zero. has all of the experience to talk to that smartly. Yes. Yes. And the, the way that I do it is there is a, there is a method to my madness, right? So in the book, Ambitious, where, you know, you've read Ambitious, I'm sure a bunch of times you were part of the, the bitch box book club when it first launched in 2020. And if you read my book, there's an actual way about it. So first we start with our spiritual practices and our divine connection. We get that down pat first, then we move on to our boundaries. Cause many of us have no fucking boundaries. We were raised to not have any boundaries. We were like, oh yeah, we're just freaking professional people pleasers. Then once we get over the boundary and the feelings hump, then we can get into the health and the wellness and the movement and the nutrition. And those three things, in my opinion, are like the first triangle, the foundation of being ambitious or what I call like leading an ambitious life, right? Being the HBIC, the head bitch in charge of whatever magic life that you desire for yourself. Because people always come to me and this happens to me all the time. They're like, oh, you're a multimillionaire and you came from nothing. Must be easy. Teach me your ways. Give me the pill, right? Shoot me with the, the bullet. And it's like, no. First of all, I want to know how are you connecting to divine? How are you connecting to source? What are your, what we call ambituals every day? Those things that ground you, that make you feel like, you know what? If I set my intentions for the day and I protect my energy, and I know that if I accomplish these very special, important things today, energetically, that no matter what else happens for the rest of the day, I know that my day is going to be amazing. Okay. So let's get that shit down pat first. How you're waking up in the morning, your rituals that you're doing, how you are protecting your energy. How are you cutting the energetic cords that are sucking the absolute precious life force energy out of you? Are you meditating? Are you doing breath work? What are your midday rituals? What are your nighttime rituals? Like my grandmother always said, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. So if you don't have very clear, concise, and I'm not trying, I'm not talking about being a psycho OCD freak show. Okay. Which I am by the way, but I'm not saying like, Oh, you have to do this like a robot. No, you're a human being. But you also have to realize that you are a spiritual being that is put here to have a human experience, right? So that source energy is so important. That's number one. Number two, like I said, the boundary situation. If you are just like, yeah, call me at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm sleeping with my phone next to my bed. Yeah, I'm going on Facebook as soon as I wake up. Yeah, I'm watching the fucking news all day. Um, yeah, I'm like, you know, buying presents for people at Christmas that I can't afford because I don't want my family to hate me. Um, yeah, I am just like letting my mother say rude fucking shit to me all day that fucks my whole week up. And then I can't be the wife, the mother, the friend, the worker that I desire to be. Okay, let's get that shit handled. Secondly, mm -hmm. then once those two things are like lickety split, then we get into nutrition. So like, what are you putting in your body? Are you treating your body like a temple? Or are you treating your body like a trash can? Are you sitting on your fucking ass all day? Are you moving throughout the day? Are you hydrating? Are you taking supplements? Are you eating junk all fucking day? Because you are stressed the fuck out because you have no source connection and you have no fucking boundaries. So you're just filling your gullet all day to fill that heart size hole in your soul that can't be filled with food or materialisms or sex or smoking or gambling or any other addictions, right? Mm -hmm. So we get through those three things first. 
and you've done this work. So it's like, I'm talking, I'm kind of preaching the choir right now, but a lot of your um, listeners of Fragmenters probably don't know this, right? Like everything you kind of have gone through. Then what we do is we get into like the real nitty gritty of what is your home like? You know, are you, are you a hoarder? Are you living in like a, a filthy, I, filthy <laughs> I said, are you a hoarder? Are you, fil- I said like, I was, <laughs> were you, I didn't know this yes, shit. I was. Yeah. Okay. A, a hoarder. Or were you just a little messy? Uh, you could not walk in my garage. I don't believe you. And it was moving into my house. When did you fix this? Before you met me? It, no, it was when I was reading Ambitious, I started the process. Oh my I'm God, that, that makes me so juicy. That well, makes me like, so juicy. Still, because I'm, I'm still recovering, you know, I, oh, I get used girl. to what is, and then I'm like, oh wait, this is still cluttered and get rid of a little yes. more. Yes. But yeah, so it, my house is drastically changed from three years ago to today. So, so, well, I'm so proud of you for that. And thank you for being so vulnerable in front of your listeners, because I know it's hard sometimes to be like, yo, you couldn't walk into my fucking garage, you know, like that's that's not an easy pill to swallow. No. And it was very hard for Nick because Nick does have OCD. He Mm. is a clean motherfucker. And he met me and I, I was never taught how to clean. The only thing I was taught to clean was a bathroom and my granny taught me that so I knew how to clean the bathroom but I literally I sound so stupid right now but I did not not, know how to clean I didn't uh girl you have no idea how many people I talk to that they have no idea how to clean because once again and you know we could talk about this later but they they have such deep inner child trauma from the way that they were raised that like no one even, no one taught them how to balance a checkbook, buy groceries, clean their home, do the laundry. Like, I mean, I lived, I'm Portuguese. My mom is Portuguese and Portuguese people, if anyone's out there, holler at my Portuguese people, but they are psychotic clean, clean freaks. I don't know where it comes from. It's like, it's in my fucking DNA to be like a, a clean person. My husband, on the other hand, is like the guy that like, you, he comes home and he literally drops his pants at the door and his shoes. And then there's like a, like a little kind of um, like a path to the bathroom of all his shit. And it drives me absolutely crazy. So I feel like you and your husband and my husband and I are kind of like living, but you know what though? That's the balance of a great, healthy relationship. Like one is going to trigger the other because especially love marriage relationships are here as spiritual relationships to evolve our souls on this earth plane. If there was no abrasion, if you will, there would be no evolution. Right. You know, so, so, so thank you for being so vulnerable and talking about that. So as you know, this shit works, you have been working on, you know, that energy for a really long time. And then we get into relationships. Like, what are your relationships like? Like, do you have fucking peer groups or are you really truly hanging about hanging out with a bunch of drifters or, you know, there's like an old saying, and I can't remember who the quote was, but like, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. right. And at certain times of my life, and I'm sure that, you know, we've had these conversations before in private, you and I, you know, you look around at your circle and your circle is not a circle. It's a cage. It's a cage of humans that are keeping you small, keeping you unworthy, keeping you fearful. And the relationships that I share now with my girlfriends and my family members, my husband, my, you know, amazing clients, 
they have to be symbiotic and they have to be reciprocative. And I'm not <clears throat> saying that from like a, you're going to give me money and I'm going to give you that. It's not, no, it's an energy exchange, right? And when the energy is off in any relationship, we as ambitious women have to take radical responsibility and say, okay, what am I doing wrong in this relationship that's allowing this person to treat me this way? Because, you know, you, I, all of us, we teach people how to treat us, right? And then once we get all of those five things, which I call the six life makers and breakers, then we can get into the money part. Because if these things in your life are unhealed and you are just this, open, pussing, bubbling, gaping wound of a person, which 98% of the human population is, then they, you will never have the abundance and the wealth and the riches that you could have and is your birthright to have. And that's the first, you know, six chapters of the book. And then we get into like the real, some scary, crazy shit. But I mean, if that wasn't scary enough for you, I do inner child healing meditation and death meditation and all these um, amazing things that, you know, are very abrasive and they make you really have to shoot yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, but you know, that's what really being ambitious is truly all about. And I am really proud of myself that like we were saying before, I'm not teaching anything that I have not mastered myself. And I feel like in the coaching industry right now, 98% of the, the population of the coaching industry have no fucking business teaching or coaching on what the fuck that they're coaching and teaching about. And another thing that goes on my ass sideways, because now I'm on a fucking roll, is these coaches, they go to like these life coaching certifications and their lives are no offense, but they're shit. They're trash. Their lives are literally hanging on by fucking, you know, scotch tape and a couple of toothpicks. And they wonder why they're not getting any clients or if they do have clients that are attracted to that, they're losing them or they're not helping them. And they have no social proof or testimonials because they have no right being a life coach. So until you master the parts of your life that you're teaching on and you're coaching on, you're motivation, motivating on, you have no business doing that. So master yourself first and then the money will come and you will be the best coach possible. But until then, sit the fuck down and do the work. Agreed. And if any, I know I have friends that are amazing support systems because I have edited my search for sure. And it is reciprocal. I don't just take from them. I actually told my sister yesterday we were poloing, you know, Marco Polo. Yes. Um, I was like, you have to be careful in your friendship because if you're giving to a taker, you give all that you can give, but then they suck out more because they take. So you're energetically giving them everything and they're taking even more. Yes, so absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not just in friendships, it's in family relationships. So it's in ancestral familial relationships. It's in work, it's in friendships, it's in sexual or even love relationships, right? It's in even sometimes like with people you don't even fucking know, right? Cause a lot of us are very empathetic. We're empaths is how we were born. And I know you are one and I'm definitely one. I'm the girl that like, if I go to the bar to have a bite to eat with my husband, you know, on a night, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking tired. I don't want to cook. Let's just go get a bite to eat at our local little pub or whatever. I'm the girl that like everyone at the bar will be like, tell me their fucking life stories. 
or the bartender will just like word vomit all over me about like, I didn't get tipped. And then my mom hit me when I was a kid. And then this happened. Then my dog died. And I'm like, Oh my God, motherfucker. I'm just trying to have a bunless burger with my husband, you know? But then I have to say to myself, okay, what am I doing? Right. Radical responsibility is ambitious. So what am I doing and where, how am I not protecting my precious life force energy that these people just think that my legs are open for them to come spiritually, energetically bang me all over the bar. Right. And then I say, Oh, I didn't set my intentions before I came into the restaurant today of how I was going to show up or I didn't cloak myself properly or I didn't cord cut myself properly or I'm really fucking tired and my energetic vibrational frequency is very low. I shouldn't have gone out to dinner. I should have just gone home and warmed up leftovers, you know, because we don't think that we're living in an energetic world and we are. And that's people think we're in this three-dimensional world where it's like, you know, I just get my Dunkin' Donuts in the morning and I go to work and I take a shit and then I come home and I make dinner for my family and I do it all over the next day. And that is not how truly we're living. We're living as an energetic being. So like your sister's like probably have has these uneven relationships in her life, right? Where she's like giving and giving and giving. And then the person's like, bye bitch. And like takes off with all the fucking energy. And actually, because once you give your energy like that, that person, and they're not doing it maliciously. They don't even really know that they're doing it. They hook, right. a, cor- they hook a cord into you. And they're like, this was such a delicious meal. I'm just going to get an all-you-can-eat buffet 24 fucking seven. And that's why cord cutting and working with people who are healers and knowledgeable of this kind of energy is so important to teach you the way to cut the cords, to shield yourself, you know, all those types of things that I, you know, that I teach in Ambitious Academy, that I teach in A2AP, that I do with my mentorship clients and also in my book, my podcast, et cetera, you know? So tell your sister to cut the carapola. Oh, I did. Good. I certainly did. Good girl. I love that you brought up the, ah, fuck, I lost it. Oh, were you talking about, um, let's jog the memory for a second. Were we talking about cord cutting? We were talking about... It was in the protecting energy. your energy, radical responsibility, reciprocal radical one. responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. I talked like so I have talked minutes. about radical responsibility on this podcast before, and it is what changed my life. I mean, because of that, I got into therapy. Because of that, I made the choices and decisions that I've made to go from seventeen dollars an hour to six figures. It's it's completely changed everything. And when I talk to some people about it, especially if they have a background similar to ours, because most people don't know you, but you didn't, you don't have any silver spoons, you know, no, you I wish. whittled that shit out of rocks and, and sticks like we did yep. and got to where you are. Absolutely. So when, when I try to talk to people who have a, not when I try, when I talk to people who have a similar background or have had had rough patches and you say you have to be radically responsible I get well how am I responsible for being raped well how am I responsible for my parents abusing me yes and I I went straight to it because that's that's how people usually come to me and they're very defensive and upset and yes I'm not saying and I learned from you so you're not saying you are responsible for that happening what you're responsible for is your response and how you handle that issue. 
Absolutely. The so universe I, gives yeah. us these things yep. to teach us a lesson. And if yes. you are just a victim, you don't learn the lesson and you don't grow from it. And yes. that seriously fucking changed my life. Um, radical responsibility also changed my life because I grew up as, you know, we've talked about this a million times, you and I in private, mm-hmm. where I grew up in a very victimhood driven family of origin. And it was funny because I'm writing a foreword of someone's book, which is all about the game of life and how to play the game of life. It's this book is going to like change the world. So oh, I'm writing this foreword today for this book and I'm like writing it and I'm like, it's kind of going on about like how, you know, thought word indeed create your reality. And like, you know, how I grew up is everyone would think these negative thoughts, they would say these negative things, and then they would do the deeds that would back up the thoughts and the, and, and the words. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up just like you in that very low vibrational frequency, negative environment. But this is how I feel. And like, if you don't like what I'm saying, I don't give a fuck because, and I'm talking not to you, Dina, because I know you love it. Uh, you don't give a fuck if I don't like it either. No, I don't actually. Um, but out there in fragmentor land, right? I'm saying this is my belief. Okay. This is my belief. So if you email me and you say, I'm an asshole, I'm going to put you in the the file of assholes in my Gmail account, because I don't, I don't care. This is just like how I believe. And this is like what I've experienced in my own life. So I believe that when our souls are not here on this three dimensional earth plane, and like we're up in, you know, the other dimension, wherever our, you know, we call it in the spiritual world, like the in-between, right? So our souls are just like chilling, smoking a Marlboro light, drinking like calorie-free margaritas and our like beautiful moo-moos with like our fucking crystal crowns. We're just like living our best lives, eating tacos, not gaining weight. It's perfect, right? So we're just like chilling in this other dimension. And then like that universal source energy, you want to call it God, you want to call it goddess, you want to call it universe. I don't give a shit what you call it, but we get called up to the carpet and we're literally handed almost like a script, like a days of our lives script where it's like, Oh, you're gonna. Your name is gonna be Katie Boyd, and these are all like the amazing things that are gonna happen to you. And these are the sicknesses and illnesses and the diseases you're gonna face. And you're gonna. This is your mother and father. This is your sister. This is your, you know, seventeen from the time that you're born to the time that you die. This is where you're gonna live. This is the color of your skin. These are all like the adverse things that are gonna happen to you. Like you're gonna be raped. You're gonna have cancer. Um, you're gonna like get let go from your job when you're 33 years old and you're going to contemplate suicide and you're going to actually try to take your life, but then some, someone's going to save you or whatever. Okay. For everyone in this world that has ever been and ever will be has a life contract. Now we also have free will. Okay. So we can change the trajectory of our free will by doing the work that I teach in ambitious and that other spiritual energetic teachers teach. Right. So people will come to me all the time and they'll say to me, you think that I would choose for my child to have cancer? And I said, yes. And people get so mad at me. They get pissed. Okay. But you know, I'm a controversial bitch. I don't give a fuck, but I, I say the controversial polarizing things for people to think outside the box and say, okay, my child having cancer in this lifetime is going to teach me all these incredible lessons. And my up-levelment during my child's cancer is going to help my child be stronger, courageous, brave, diligent, 
tenacious, empathetic, sympathetic to people in the future because my child went through this thing. And my child and I both, because we both have separate life contracts, we both needed, I'm going to use the N word because you know, I I hate the N word, but we both needed to go through these things in this lifetime to evolve our soul's frequency on this earth. Now, when we shuffle off our mortal coil and I believe in reincarnation. So I grew up very Catholic, which I still believe in baby Jesus and a tuxedo t-shirt and all that jazz. But I also am very pagan in a lot of the ways that I think I'm very Buddhist. I'm very Muslim. I'm very new age. I literally take all, I call myself a modern spiritualist because I take all the ideas and I kind of just meld them together for what like serves my highest, greatest good. And what makes me feel like I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. So I do believe in reincarnation. So I believe like, okay, we have this energetic experience of life, what we call life in the third dimension, and then we die. And then what happens is we go right back up into that in-between place. Then we get to look at everything that we did, good, bad, and different. And I truly believe, and I say this a lot to my clients on my podcasts, in my book, I believe that hell is dying and meeting the person that you could have been if only you tried. And that's where the free will comes in because you as the mother with a child with cancer, for example, could be like, I'm gonna fucking fight with my, I'm gonna fight through this with my child. I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna instill all these incredible things. We're gonna like, now my child is cancer free and we're gonna start you know, um, a, a nonprofit organization to help children in need, like whatever the fuck it is. Or you can fall on your fucking knees and become an amoeba and do literally nothing. And then your child's cancer is like literally in vain. And that's where the free will comes in. And that's where the free will comes in and everything. I have clients that have been raped. I have clients that have been sexually abused. I have, I have had clients that have had horrible um, child abuse in their lives. They've had, you know, domestic violence in their homes and all these things. And I've had clients who have taken that experience and literally opened a fucking battered woman's shelter, right? Helped people that were um, raped, whatever the fuck it is. And I've also had people that have literally let that shit define them and take them the fuck down. So that's where the free will comes in. So you can sit here and say, oh, I didn't choose these things. But if you can say that you choose them. So say like your free will is, I'm taking radical responsibility for everything that has ever happened to me and will happen in the future. Isn't that putting you in a fucking place of power versus disempowering you? Like, that's all I have to say about that, you know, but radical responsibility, just like it changed your life, it changed my life too. And now every time that I'm not where I think I should be in life, I put it on myself and say, okay, Katie, what are you doing? That is going against who you are, who you know you are and who you want to be or desire to be period. Yeah. But people don't like that. They don't want to hear that, dude. They don't want to hear that. They want me to blow sweet whispers into their ears and smoke up their skirt. And that's, I am not the fucking coach for you. If that's, I mean, you know, I've been hard on you before. Yeah. I'm not the I mean, the first time you, you said that, the first time I heard you say that, it was on the podcast. I was like, fuck this bitch. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. even know. She doesn't know. know. She's up there just eating her bonbons and smoking her ciggies and just yeah. being her yeah. best little bitch self. She oh, got yeah. lucky. Oh, and yeah. And I, you know kept listening because I'm a masochist and actually did want to do the work. But at that time I was just like, I couldn't handle it. And that's why I'm very open with it. I was Mm -hmm. like, fuck you. (laughs) And that's why I'm very open. And I think, you know, this That's why I'm very open with my past 
-hmm. Like I did come from nothing. I was a a child of abuse and drug addiction and alcoholism um, and domestic violence. And, you know, those things played out into my adult life because, you know, when you grow up like that, you think, oh, everyone just drinks and smokes and does fucking pills all day and then just beats the fuck out of each other and then like apologize the next day and everything's a lovey-dovey. And then you... (laughs) Like, then you just keep reliving that in your adult relationships until you say, fuck this, I'm stopping this hypnotic rhythm. I'm getting off this ride and I'm going to live the rest of my best, rest of my life, the best of my life, which is why I created Ambitious for all those women out there that were like, I'm done. I'm done being on this fucking merry-go-round. I'm, I want to puke and I want to get off. Yeah. It, oh, I can't, I can't sing your praises enough. Thank you. you. I I appreciate you. So earlier you gave some really good advice on how to get yourself, if you desire to be a coach, how to get yourself there. And that was through experience. Just do the fucking work. You can't, it's, we're no longer in the days where those who can't teach, because I can Google you and I could know that you don't practice what you preach and I'm not going to hurt you. Absolutely. So you gave that advice. I want to know what is the best advice you've ever received? What's the best advice I've ever received? Mm -hmm. I would have to say to not read the comments. (laughs) So I have a funny little story. So when I was um, 30, well, 29, I started this journey. Um, I was approached by a woman who it's the weirdest story, but I had um, an all-female fitness facility, Katie Boys Misfit Club in Wellesley, Massachusetts at the time. I was training the who's who of, you know, Boston socialite world, right? So like all the Patriots wives and the Celtics wives and the Red Sox wives and, you know, the lawyers, doctors, the whole, everyone that was anyone was coming to my, my studio. And not to mention Miss USA, Miss Universe, Miss America, all those girls as well. And I was also training a lot of television stars and actresses and it was just a very high end facility, right? It wasn't like a $9.99 gym a month where, you know, they give you donuts and shit. This was like hard, hard fucking core. So I had a woman come into my studio one day. Her dad was like the maintenance man of my building. And he was always like telling her, oh my God, you got to see this girl's gym. It's fucking awesome. It's like, everything's pink. Everything's this. It's so fabulous, blah, blah, blah. So one day this random girl just knocks on my gym door and she's like, hi, my name is Jen. And um, I said, my dad's been telling me all about you. And like, I'm in the wellness industry. I sell vitamins and supplements, blah, blah, blah. I would love to come and set up like a little booth at your studio and, and just sell. And I was like, my people don't like that. Like they're sold to on a daily bit. Like, I don't like it. I don't like the energy either. Like, no. And she kind of kept like pushing me. And then one day I was just like, fuck it. Okay. Just come, whatever. So I said, listen, you got to stand in the corner. You shut the fuck up. Don't do not speak to people. I like it. I don't want you like spraying perfume on people as they walk by like that kind right. of energy. Like if people want to come talk to you, talk, talk to them, but like, that's it. And she did, but she brought this other chick with her. And the lady was like very um, personable and just very classy looking and very, I just liked her vibe. And she actually, I felt like she knew a lot of people. Like she just, the way she held herself. And so she watched me work all day long. They were there all day from early in the morning until like late in the afternoon. And at the end of the day, they were like wrapping up their little booth. And the woman came up to me. She's like, you're a fucking star. And I was like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) 
I had been in the beauty industry my whole life, you know, so me, I don't really get horny if people say shit to me, like it doesn't do anything for me. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. She's like, you're a star. And I was like, well, thank you. And she goes, you should have your own reality television show. And I was like, oh my God, it's funny because everyone always says that to me because what I do is so weird. It's like very niche and, you know, there's a lot of drama here. And she's like, you know, I have a friend, his name is Peter and he's from out here, but he lives in LA right now and he does reality TV. She's like, I'm calling him. Now in my head, like I said, I'm in the beauty industry my whole life. People tell me all kinds of shit that I want, that they think I want to hear. I was like, okay, yeah, bye bitch. And I went home and I never thought about it again. Mm-hmm. A week later, Peter was on a plane from LA and came and watched me work just like they did. And I told him the same thing, sit in the corner. I don't want people to know you're here. And I remember going into my office and he looked at me, he goes, you're lightning in a bottle. He goes, you're going to be a star. And I was like, okay, yep. Still to this, I'm like, whatever, dude. Okay. A week later, I was literally out in LA selling a television show that I didn't even know that I had. I kind of just went out there to just like get drunk with my friends and party. You know, I was 29 years old, right? I was so, and we came home and shot what, what they call in the reality television world, a sizzle reel. It's like a pilot for reality TV. Still, I have a full crew from LA at my studio filming a television show. And I still am like, who gives a fuck? Like, I don't care. Okay. Well, they sold the show. There was a bidding war in between like all these different, different networks and whatever. We ended up going with NBC Universal, which is like Style E Bravo. Style doesn't exist in America anymore. Um, it went bankrupt like right around that time. Wasn't because of my show, I promise you. There <laughs> were books. But we sold the show to them and the show premiered. No one got me prepared mentally or emotionally or psychologically to what was about to happen. Because remember, we were just on the cusp really of social media, right? Twitter was just new. Facebook was maybe a couple of years old. But like when I used Facebook back in the day, it was because I was a college student in Boston and that's what Facebook was actually invented for. Not like, you know, to see what your fucking kids are eating and your grandmother's complaining about politics or whatever the fuck it is now, right? And I remember when my my show debuted, I was so proud of myself, right? I'm on the cover of People and Us Weekly and all this shit. I was just like, holy fuck. And it literally happened to the snap of a finger. Well, there was all these people because the Kardashians show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians had just come out like maybe a couple of years before then. And they were like really hot at the time. And everyone used to say to me, like on Twitter and on um, Facebook and whatever, they would say, oh my God, you look just like Khloe Kardashian. And Chloe Kardashian would always be like added in my post, like you and at Chloe Kardashian look like exactly like twins, da, da, da. but then there was always the people, which was, I was like, thank you. But then there was people that were like, you and Chloe Kardashian are hippopotamuses. You're fucking fat. You should go kill yourselves. Like, I hate you. You're trash. You're this, you're that. La, 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 la. I had never been talked to like that in my life. Like I was always told like, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're smart, which is like, not what most people hear their whole entire lives, but because I was in that beauty industry surrounded by all these people who that's how they talk to you, right? Probably to make money off of you. They weren't saying it, they probably meant it. And I remember we got tagged in so many of the same fucking posts for like a month that finally Chloe Kardashian, she DM'd me and was like, all right, I, I don't know what to say, but fuck, like everyone keeps saying you and me and this and that, like, I want to meet you, you know? 
so we ended up being becoming friends. And she, I remember she told me, and I know this is a very long story, but I think your it, listeners will think this is really interesting. She said to me in a DM once, she said, I, cause I said to her, I said, how the fuck do you deal with this? Like, I know you're ahead of time, you know, like you've been doing this for a lot longer than me. Like I have never felt like this in my life. I was so depressed. It was one of the darkest periods of my life as a human, because I was just like, I think I'm doing all this good work for people. And all these people saying that I'm horrible and I'm this and I'm that. And she says, don't fucking read the comments. And I was like, what? And she's like, don't fucking read the comments, bitch. She goes, you think that I'm in there all day reading the fucking comments? She goes, if I read every comment that everyone said about me, I would literally be in a fucking mental institution. Okay. Or dead. And so I stopped reading the comments. And then that one thing that she said to me years, I'm talking years ago, has stuck with me my entire rest of my career. And it's helped me in so many ways, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, but it's helped me put my fucking head down and know that the work that I'm doing is God's work and to not be distracted by the judgmental fuck faces and the naysayers. And honestly, the people who are in their grandmother's basements with their fucking headgear on eating flaming hot Cheetos, touching themselves while they're fucking telling you that you're a fucking loser and trash. And there's this old um, quote from uh, Winston Churchill, which I know this is like, really, we're talking about Winston Churchill, but it's one of my favorite quotes. And he says, if I have to kick every barking dog on the way to where I'm going, I'll never fucking get there. And I was, I was taking so much of my precious time trying to combat these people saying horrible shit about me instead of taking that precious life force energy and putting that energy into the people who loved me and who deserved that energy from me. So I know that was a very long story. I hope that you enjoyed it, but that is the best advice that I've ever gotten. And it's morphed and evolved over the years. And now like for me now, like that's why I can do as much work as I actually do. Cause a lot of people will say to me like, dude, you fucking, what you do in a day is like what I do in two months of my life. But it's because I can compartmentalize my feelings and emotions away from the distractions and the bullshit. Because the old me, if I never got that advice, I would, I probably wouldn't, honestly, I'm not trying to be dark, but I probably wouldn't be here because it was that, it was that um, hurtful. And it, and I was in such a bad place, you know? And now it's like when people come to me and like, oh my God, someone so said this about me on Facebook and all this crap. I'm like, it's not fucking real, dude. And stop reading it because what people think about you is none of your motherfucking business. Yeah. <laughs> so move sure. on. Unless they love you. Then yeah. Then, then, I, then I'm like, bring it on, bitch. Tell me <laughs> things. Yeah. I actually had a friend who was having not the same issue. She doesn't have a TV show, but she was having similar issues where there were a lot of people that were shit talking her. And she was like, I don't know what is wrong with me. My husband came to me. He's like, all you're doing is you're going out and you're looking and finding these comments and it's just ruining your life. And it's making everyone miserable and your work is bad and you're not eating. And you know, it's awful. Why are you doing this? And she's like, I can't stop. Like I am stuck doing it. So someone recommended to her that every time she went and did it, like if she went out and sought it out or if she found it and then went spiraling down, every comment she read, she had to donate to 
something she absolutely hated. Hated. I've heard this before. That's a really, yeah. that's, that's a really, man, like, oof. But you know what, though? Once you get on that um, downward spiral to hell, is what I call it, mm-hmm. it becomes an addiction. Because it actually, if you think about it from a subconscious level, it actually is a self-fulfilling prophecy back up. Because something in her are already must have felt that way about herself deep, deep inside. So then she was almost like going out and seeking the validation of, see, I'm a piece of shit. I'm no good. See, like all the things that I heard when I was a kid, like coming, you know, back to me and not to be like school marmy or whatever, but like, if people are talking about you fucking yes, because when you're not doing shit, no one gives a fuck about you. So when people really come for me, I fucking love it. I'm like, oh, I'm doing something fucking good. I'm doing God's work. Like I'm making a change in the world. I'm, sh- I'm glitching the matrix, right? I'm shifting people's reality. I'm being polarizing. I'm triggering to them so that they, and not an aggressive way, but like a place of like, girl, like think outside the fucking box, like get out of your own limiting self-beliefs and your old programming from your family of origin and all the shit that you're just dragging around with you and level the fuck up. Or not, but not. just shut the fuck up about it. No one wants to hear you complain when, you know, oh, this sucks, that's terrible and all these things. It's like whatever you focus on becomes your reality. So if you're focusing on the negative shit in the comment section of Facebook, guess what? You're actually going to draw, because it's a universal law, the law of attraction. attraction. You're going to draw more of that shit to you. Yeah. So you Every make the time. And if you don't believe the positive at first, still say it, because eventually it, it Absolutely. Fails. So you just said that you do more in a day than a lot of people do in a week or a month, but being a workaholic is not good for anyone. Yes. What do you do for fun? (laughs) I was going to say work. (laughs) (laughs) No. I actually do though. I love work. It fucking is so fun. I swear to God, but you got to understand and you know this firsthand, like I feel like my work is like hanging out with my like friends and just like giving them really fucking good advice that makes them a lot of money. So work is fun for me, but for outside of my workaholism, (laughs) that is just honestly, you know, listen, and I'm not perfect by any means. Like I know I'm a workaholic because it's like a couple of different reasons. Number one is I know that my time here is so short, right? And I want to do as much as I can and leave this amazing legacy and inspire people long after I'm gone, like yada, yada, blah, 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 all that amazing shit. But I think that my workaholism, a lot of it comes from never feeling safe and never feeling enough as a child, right? So it's like, I always have to be striving and striving and going and going and going. So I am very fucking aware that that is very unhealthy, but I do love what I do. Okay. So that's like the little, let's put that in my back pocket for a second. But for fun, um, I love to garden. I'm a homestead and hoe. That's what I like to call, I like to call myself. Um, I'm a homestead and hoe, even though my fucking garden got ravaged this year by a bunch of little woodchucks, which my husband's like, we can get a have a heart trap and just like put them somewhere else. I'm like, no, I'd feel bad just moving them out of their house. That's like, okay, then stop complaining about it. So I love to garden. Um, I love, okay, this is going to sound so weird, but I like love to clean. Is that, it's like an obsession of mine. I know. I, I love to clean. Um, I love to golf. 
me and my husband recently last year, we joined a, a really beautiful country club out here on the seacoast of New Hampshire. So we have some really good friends that go there. So like, we love to do like nine and dine, right? So we go, we go play nine holes. Then we come into the clubhouse and have like really nice dinners with our friends. So I love to golf. Um, I love to spend time with my family, like my home. And this was something that was very important to me growing up is my home is like my Zen sanctuary. And I work really hard to make it like a very high vibrational frequency. So when my friends and my family come over my home and, you know, we have like an outdoor kitchen and we have like a beautiful fire um, bowl in the front yard. And like we live in New Hampshire. It's just it's picturesque where we live. It's just so beautiful. So I love to just have friends over and just like entertain. I'm kind of like the barefoot Contessa, but my husband's not a little bit bigger than Jeffrey, who's who's Ina Garton's husband. How how great is that? I don't know if you've ever watched that show, but I do love me some Barefoot Contessa on the Food Food Network. And I love um, documentaries and I love to work out. And I love to spend time with my little Boston Terrier Pearl. She's named after my grandmother. So nothing like, to, and, I, and I do love to travel. I forgot about travel because, you know, we've kind of been on a traveling hiatus most of the world for the last like two years or so. Um, but I do love to travel. And when I travel, um, I'm a big foodie. So I like to go to places where the food is like scrum diddlyumptious and I love to try like really crazy food and, you know, food that's like very um, centric to the place that we're at. You know, I will literally eat anything. Ask my husband, like, he's like, you really going to put that in your mouth? And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. If like they do it, I'll do it, you know? Um, And that's really like it, like very boring, but like also very exciting. I don't skydive. I don't fucking like, you know, bareback ride horses and shit like that. Like, I wish that I had some really crazy hobbies that, you know, I do for fun, but everything is really like food, family, chilling, old lady shit. I mean, old people, they know, they live the life. They yeah, know right. <laughs> I want to, I'm like a golden girl, you know, like I just wear my moo's and like have cheesecake with my friends and just like gossip. No, just kidding. <laughs> so that is really all I have for you, Miss Katie Motherfucking Boy. Oh my god, it was Do you such, have anything you want to ask me or oh my gosh. Fuck. You really put me on the goddamn spot, bitch. <laughs> you, you can say no. <laughs> oh my god. What, yeah. Let me say, what is the biggest thing other than radical responsibility that you've learned from the ambitious movement? Okay, that is definitely number one. But with radical responsibility, I had to learn that. Being selfish is like, I don't know how to say it. It's not. It's not detrimental. All, it's, it's, yeah, it's selflessness is bad for you. Nope. It is, that is detrimental selflessness. So yeah. being selfish is essential to do anything in this life. And Absolutely. that was, I mean, as a mother of four and as like you said those of us with trauma we either rebel or we're people pleasers and I was a people pleaser so to put myself first and to say no to my kids because they didn't respect my boundaries it was unheard of yeah but me respecting my boundaries and telling my children no has taught them so yeah it's radical self-responsibility pinnacle I couldn't be anywhere without that but learning that and it's not selfish learning that 
putting yourself first, filling your cup is essential. You will and, not go anywhere. I agree. And I think you. that, you know, we as women, we've been brainwashed by the patriarchy and we've also been brainwashed by our familial um, matriarchal family lineage, right? So our mothers, our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, et cetera, et cetera, into perpetuity that, you know, we have to light ourselves on fire to keep everyone else warm. And that if you act quote unquote selfish, that you are a horrible woman and you should be punished and all these things. But the truth of the matter is, and this is one of the biggest things that I teach. And again, I know I'm a triggering bitch. And I know that this triggers a lot of people. And a lot of people come for me about this because they're like, how can you say this? And it's like, dude, you are not meant to pour from an empty cup. You are supposed to fill up your cup. And that cup is supposed to be filled to the brim for you and yourself. And then the only thing that you're supposed to give is the runneth over of the cuppeth. Okay. So People that, and the thing is, is that if you're pouring from an empty cup and if you're giving things that you don't have to give, whether it's time, money, love, whatever it is, it's actually coming from, and I want everyone to listen up to this because this is really serious. It's actually coming from a place of ego because you're saying, I want to be liked. I want to be loved. My, you know, I want to please these people so that like I am, I, because if you peel the onion down the nub, it's because I want to feel safe. I want certainty, right? But if you say fuck all that noise and you just become, like I say, ambitious and you're like, okay, I'm going to fill up my own cup. So I'm going to do my rituals. I'm going to work my body out. I'm going to eat my good food. I'm going to hydrate. I'm going to say no. I'm going to have clear cut, concise boundaries. I'm not going to wear myself out till I'm literally like, you know, a fucking old pair of underwear that were like, should have been thrown away in like 1980 fucking seven. How can you be the best mother and wife and sister and daughter and friend and worker or whatever that you can be if your cup is bone dry, it doesn't make sense. And anyone that says that that's like bullshit, they're probably drier than a fucking cat's ass in their cup arena. And they're probably not living life ambitiously. Come at me, bro. (laughs) Yeah, it was seriously. Once I, and your ambitions, which I just revised, mine are a little bit different because your life changes and your needs change. Absolutely. But a lot of people, myself included, for the longest time, wouldn't do a morning routine because I'm like, I still, I, I'm not a morning person. I have no brain. Like it, I have to be up until eight or nine o'clock. But you don't have to, that's another misconception too, because there's a lot of like self-help books and motivational books at like the 5am club and all this different Mm -hmm. motivation. It's like, you got to get up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning, like a fucking military man. And it's like, no, dude, some people like my husband is not a morning person. He is like a night owl. And it's just how his circadian rhythm is. And he does his best fucking work at like six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Okay. By six, seven, eight o'clock at night, my ass is so fucking worn out because I've been up since like five o'clock in the morning. And it's not because I'm like, oh, I want to impress everybody because I'm up so early. That's just my body rhythm, right? right? So you don't have to force yourself to get up at five in the morning. But as long as you are doing your habituals, which is like the things that we talked about before that set you up for that success, it doesn't matter if you're doing them at four in the afternoon or four in the morning. It does not matter as long as you get them done. 
and that's it. So don't let anyone get in your head about like, you know, you, you know, you got to wake up the earlier and do all this shit. No, fuck that noise. Do, do you, which is being the HBIC of your life. You don't have to fucking listen to anyone else's bullshit. Yeah. That I do know that I work better doing some of it in the morning. Like my affirmation, I have a positive affirmation that I tell myself and, um, I forget what you call You have your ambitious abundance affirmation? Yes. Yep. So you do your ambitious Um, abundance affirmation. Then you have positive affirmations as well. Yep. Correct. Okay. And then the, just talking to the universe, calling them in saying, Hey, I'm your bitch today. Use me, use me and do whatever I can, you know, use me to give to the world. I I do that in the morning, but it doesn't have to be this regulated regimen. Mm -hmm. Like literally this morning, I was super tired. I listened to my body. I gave myself an extra half hour. I have that time. I sit in the shower. There's no rules. I don't have to be, you know, completely dressed head to toe. And that's right. You can do it however you want. That's the beauty of how we've set up our lives. Can I say, can I say something about what you're saying? to the yeah. to your power because you know I talk about your power posse in my book how you call in all of your guardians and your spirit guides and you know your loved ones who are no longer here on this three-dimensional earth plane or your ancestors or your galactic beings of light god goddess universal energy whatever the fuck you're into all of the above whatever right I actually don't agree with what you're doing as far as Ooh. saying I'm your I'm your bitch da 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 do what you will with me <laughs> because if you're the HBIC of your life, right? And God wants, God has created you so that God, he, she, it, whatever, can experience itself through you being alive. Do you think that God would say like, I'm your bitch, do what you will with me? Or would you command the universe to give you what you desire so that you in turn can serve the world? Because I have a huge problem when people write things or say affirmations that say like, I'm your humble servant, do what you will with me. Because the universe is not a mind reader. The universe isn't like, oh, I guess uh, Dina wants to be a bitch today. So we're just going to just ride her rough shawl. Like, no, it's like, this is my command. So when I call in my power posse, I command to them because they want to help, right? They're there like waiting in the wings with their marble light. Like when's this bitch going to ask us to help her? help her? And I think that again, this goes with the whole filling up the cup thing, because if we're saying, use me as you will, but we are not where we desire to be in our lives at that moment, we have no business being used as the universe will. We have to command the universe to show up the way that we desire to be that day. Does that make sense? Yes. See, so and I'll, this is why you need her as a coach. Because she'll be like, <laughs> dude, you have grown so much and you're still stupid. You're so not here, stupid. You're the, one of the smartest fucking broads <laughs> I know. Let me tell you that much. But like, it's it's true. I have so many clients that say like this, because there's this old um, book called The Course in Miracles. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. But one of the prayers in A Course of Miracle, girl, that book is like 10 times War and Peace. It's a 40-hour audiobook with a whole fucking workbook. It's nasty shit, okay? Like I've, yeah. I've done it before, but it's hardcore shit. But one of the things, and obviously I'm going to butcher it because I haven't read it in a really long time, but um, one of the prayers is like, 
um, what will you have me do? Who will you have me be? All this crapola. And I used to like be like, oh, who will you have me be? What will you have me do? La, 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 la. I used to recite those affirmations back then. And then one day I was like, fuck this noise. No fucking way. Like I'm ambitious. I'm going to tell the universe what I desire. And I'm going to command the universe because I know that I'm not a scrap person. I know what I desire. I'm going to tell the universe what the fuck is up. And so in the morning, when I do my ambitious abundance affirmation and I do my blessing, and then I do call in my power posse, mine sounds like God, goddess, universal life force energy, all of my guardians and guides and loved ones who are no longer here on this three-dimensional earth plane, all of my ancestors who came before me and my family of galactic beings of light, fill up my vessel with your light and your love and your ancient wisdom. Help me. And then I fill in the blank. So it like today. I knew I was podcasting with you. So I was like, help me use this platform to help as many women as I can in turn, helping the ambitious movement grow. Do you see the reciprocative thing? So I'm not like, yeah, let me, let me help all these women that live, listen to fragmenters. Yes, that's part of it. But if I'm helping the women that listen to fragmenters, inspire them or motivate them, aren't they going to be like, damn, I got to go listen to Ambitious Podcast. Wow, I'm going to check out the Ambitious app. Ooh, I'm going to like maybe reach out to her and have a conversation about maybe doing A28P or whatever. It's a reciprocation because if you're like, yes, just use me as you will. And the universe is like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like fucking goofy from Disney World, right? So I, I don't mean to like, you know, this is your podcast. And I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, shit on your oatmeal, but I, I still am your coach and I love you long time. And if I hear you doing something as I would to anyone that I work with, and I hope that people do the same thing for me, that is my, that is my wish and my desire. Like I always say to my husband, like, if I'm acting a fool, call me the fuck out. Cause we all do, you know? And, um, I actually posted this on my app today and I posted this on my Instagram where it's like, do you want comfort or do you want truth? Because I can give you comfort all day long. So if you're like acting a fool, then I say, okay, uh, do you want to just, are you venting right now? Or do you actually want me to help you? You know, like, do you want my advice? Because that's, I'm going to show up in a much fucking different way than, you know, if you're like, I just want you to like, listen to me. Then I, then as soon as you say, I want you to listen to me, then I'm going to see Wiley Coyote chasing the fucking roadrunner in my head. And I'm going to start thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner and all the things that I have to do, because now it's like, there is no connection. But if you say to me, let me tell you these things. And then I, I would love for your advice. Okay. That I'm going to come for you in a whole different way. But if you're an asshole, because one of my podcasts coming up is about being an asshole. If you always ask for someone's advice and you don't fucking take it, then, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf after a while. I'm just gonna be like, oh, they're just crying wolf again. So I'm just gonna watch the roadrunner get chased again in my mind, you know, but I love you. And I, and I do care for everyone that's here showing up. So I just want to say that little ditty. And so you can fix your morning, morning affirmations. I will as soon as we hang up. All right. All right. <laughs> Recall my posse. Yeah, bet. So we have mentioned it before, but I want to make sure that everyone knows how to get a hold of you. That yes. is kbmsc.com. 
Yep. So it's www.kbmfc.com. Um, on Instagram, it's Katie Boyd Ambitious. Spell it right. A-M-B-I-T-C-H-I-O-U-S. Um, but the place where the real shit is happening is over on my um, app, the Ambitious app on Mighty Networks. And I will give you all of those links so you can slap them up in your uh, show notes and people can follow from here over there if they would like to be part of the bitchterhood community of all the cool ass shit that's happening over on my app that's where we're real vulnerable and and the real work happens instagram and all that shit's kind of three-dimensional i i show up there in a in a certain way but i don't i don't really ever bear my soul over there like i do over on the ambitious app same yeah yeah (laughs) well miss katie motherfucking boys i am thank you so glad to have you on today it's i'm sure everybody's glad to hear your voice after i've talked about you so much oh thank you so much for everything that you're doing because every woman who shows up in this way is truly changing the trajectory of our world and the way that women can show up we're giving other women permission to be who they desire to be with you know not get letting anything or anyone or any limiting self-beliefs hold them back. So thank you for everything that you're doing here. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And I hope that people out there in, in uh, the Fragmenters community do also. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. You have a fantabulous day. You too. Bye-bye. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. To continue this and more conversations, you can always find me at d at fragmenters.com. That's D-E-A at fragmenters.com on Instagram and Facebook at Fragmenters. And I also have a Facebook group called Fragmenters where all the ladies with like-minded business sense hang out and enjoy. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right.